the past. It used to be a newspaper. The Bob Podcast. Not outclassed. Ones on mass. Get it on my leader right up to the end of the game. The Bob Podcast. My name is Mark Isles and I'm the Chief Football Writer of the Bolton News. This is the show that only recognises one King Charles and he plays up front for the Wanderers. On the show this week, why Bolton fans can chill in the playoffs, it's all gonna be okay. Dion lays the world's most annoying statistic to bed. Hear from Victor Adebayejo on life after Burton and Randell Williams on promotion pressure and... Find out what Hideyatashi Nakata is doing now. All on the podcast that knows Zenden kicked it twice. So before we start, let's just do a little bit of admin because last week we asked you for entries for a Clive Tilsley signed and framed commentary chart from the Papa John's Trophy. And if you don't know what I'm on about with that, then I'm afraid you're on the wrong podcast. 4-0, Wembley, Plymouth, remember? Yeah? Okay, we asked who scored the fourth Bolton goal on the day and the answer, as if you need telling, was Gethin Jones. We had loads of entries. I think at last count it was something like 335. We fished through them all. We filtered through all the ones that hadn't followed my instructions. There were a few, incredibly, but yes, about uh, about 330-odd entries and drawn at random by my lovely assistant, Henry Hewitt, was the winner. Drum roll, please, if we can afford it. Neil Jennings from Rotherham, of all places. Uh, somebody over the hill, imagine that. But anyway, Neil, congratulations. Your signed commentary chart will be on its way to you by the end of the week. By the time this podcast comes out, it may well be in the post on the way over the Pennines. And what a fine piece of work it is. If you didn't win, Father's Day is coming up. I tell you what, I can't think of a better gift for a Wanderers fan. Go to www.commentarycharts.co.uk. Have a look at all Clive's work, especially the Papa John's Trophy final one. It's uh, it's a stunning piece of work. And now it's time to introduce the co-host of this podcast and a man who will take absolutely no pleasure if Wigan Athletic are relegated from the Championship this weekend. It's Henry Hewitt. Henry, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Yes, we've got to put it out there. We are uh, supporting all Northwest teams. Um, same for Manchester United. I really, really, really hope that as we record this on Thursday, I really hope that they manage to progress into the next stage of the Europa League tonight. I really, really hope that. And if I say really one more time, you might believe me. Same with Wigan. I really, really really hope that their relegation isn't confirmed this weekend. No, Next would, weekend, maybe. It would be an absolute travesty if that were to happen. And uh, we, you know, as as people involved at Bolton and, and Bolton fans, uh, it would be, a, it'd be remiss of us not to mention those two momentous events on the week that they may or may not happen. And uh, our sincere condolences to those affected. Um, but more, in, more interestingly, more importantly, Bolton Wanderers, it is the final countdown. We are down to the last four games. Um, everybody else, is, we're down to the last four games? We've got four or five? Four, yes, sorry. Four, yeah. Four. I, do you know what? I've been, uh, since Oxford, Oxford knocked the absolute stuffing out of me. I have been playing catch up on sleep i have i've just i seem to have jet lag from oxford is that possible i think it's touching the ox's testicles that has given you a, a bit of a, a light head 
do you know what? I'll, I did the little video, and it did quite well on TikTok and all that sort of stuff, because Dan, young Dan Barnes, who's into this TikTok stuff, he wanted me to do it, so I said, right, okay, I'll do it. Went up to the, the statue and filmed myself outside it, and then there was a moment at one stage where I'm trying to selfie film myself reaching up there and I couldn't find them they were higher than I expected now either I've shrunk or the bull has got taller or they've raised them somehow but I couldn't find the bleeders um so you can kind of half see me waving around trying to find and it didn't make great television I've got to be hmm. honest a, a really unflattering angle of my face as I'm trying to you know reach to find somebody's cojones um to to rub but it worked it worked and I'm claiming an assist on it to be honest yeah, uh, I did think that when we were under the pressure um, in the, the second half. And uh, I did think, uh, yeah, no, no problem. No pressure. Mark's touched the Ox's testicles. We're fine. And we, we were. We were another win at Oxford. Got the win at Oxford and a point at Burton. We'll come to them both in a, in a bit. But as you're sat here, you've been the, the calm voice of reason on the podcast. You've said it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Now, I want you to explain to the listeners who may be feeling a little bit of a bit of nerves with four, minute, uh, four uh, matches to go, why it's going to be fine. Well, I said last week, you know, we're in the, if we're in the playoffs by uh, this podcast today, then we'll be fine. We've got three matches at home out of four. Uh, the other teams have, I mean, Peterborough have got, Ipswich and Barnsley to play. I mean, Barnsley might be, they might have be on the beach, well, on the beach until having to come off the beach for the playoffs <laughs> on the last game. Uh, but that Ipswich game will be tough for them. Um, and and yeah, you know, and, and uh, Derby have got Sheffield Wednesday away on the last game. We'll probably need a win. So yeah, I think we'll be for yeah, win our three home games and we're fine. It'll all be good. Uh, the only thing for me, this is how much, this is how least worried I am with Bolton getting in the playoffs. I can't decide who I'd rather not go up more out of the top three. Um, and I'm swaying towards... I, I like Sheffield Wednesday, to be honest. I think they're a good club, so I want them to go up. I can't decide between whether it'd be funnier if Plymouth don't get promoted or Ipswich at the moment. Well, I, I, I've got a bit of a soft spot for Sheffield in general, but one of the Bolton Wanderers staff, who I shan't mention just yet, but he's a big Sheffield United fan, uh, was explaining to me at Burton how he would desperately love to knock Sheffield Wednesday out of the playoffs if they were to get there. He ain't counting his chickens, by the way, but um, it would be, I'd just like to see the look on his face were that to happen. Um, I think they're looking a little bit ropey at the moment. Plymouth just keep on confounding me, so um, I, I'm, I'm kind of siding with Ipswich and Plymouth to go up, and they're further as well. Let's be honest, I don't really like travelling that much. So, uh, Sheffield Wednesday would be fine by me if that were the case. But um, let's look at what Wanderers have done this week. 1-1 Tuesday night at Burton. Still no win. Still the the jinx, the hoodoo, the whatever you want to call it at the Pirelli Stadium um, is intact. But a much better performance I think or or was it because some people disagree with me some people say it wasn't it was a poor performance where, where do you sit I thought it, yeah I mean if if one of the chances goes in uh, against uh, Burton I think it's a it's a good performance uh, I know well I think everyone sees it as a good performance I thought if you look at the Oxford and Exeter games I know we won them but we were under pressure for the second half and uh, 1-0 in the uh you know, at half time, I did wonder whether that would be the case. And 
you know, I mean, they got a scruffy goal, let's face it. I mean, Trafford was really unlucky because I was right behind it and he, the saves were brilliant, uh, yeah. especially the second one was Yussi-esque against Andy Cole. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it was unfortunate that the, the goal went in. But, um, no, I thought on the whole it was a good performance. He just couldn't get the, the second goal. Um, you know, I, I thought, I think what impressed me the most about the Oxford and Exeter ones, in particular the Oxford one, um, and ironically, I think the Trafford incident did probably uh, change the game, actually, even though he didn't get sent off. But the resilience of the team, and I think that's going to do us good if we get, well, I shouldn't say if, when we get in the playoffs, because I'm Mr. Confident, um, <laughs> and we've got that second leg, which will we'll be away from home. You know, if we're winning or we're ahead on aggregate, you need, you're going to have to be resilient. So that that could put us in good stead for the semis. Yeah, I, I I agree with you. I think there is a a resilience to the team at the minute. I even think on Tuesday nights against Burton, when they conceded that goal, it would have been quite easy to kind of lose the plan a little bit, but they reacted really well. And again, considering I don't like bringing the injuries up all the time, but considering the the players they are missing, it's quite encouraging. I think to see that there is still that spirit there. There's still that sort of collective mentality about the place. And, and Ian ever goes banging on about the, the reset button and all that kind of thing after a mistake. And that seems to be what they're developing. They're, they're, not, letting t- uh, they're not letting mistakes snowball into one or two goals, as we have seen in the past with, with this team. Um, one person I did want to, to pick up on, and it, it seems to divided debate really in social media circles uh, and that's George Thomason who got a start at Burton personally thought he played well I thought I, I guess I think I gave mate a 10 in the paper um, several people disagree a lot of people agree um, but it seems to be a bit of a 50-50 split across the Bolton fans as to whether he played well uh, he did have that one well he had two two misses one was kind of a pull shot from the edge of the area which I think he could have done better with the other one was uh, a, a George Johnson knocked down at the far post and it looked from where the Bolton fans were kind of looking at it straight on from behind the opposite goal it looked like he could have just nodded it over the line but actually when you look at the angle he actually went behind Thomas and he tried to like kind of overhead kick it into uh, into the goal but you know got nowhere near it um so, all, with all those factors in play, did he? How do you judge his performance? I think with George uh, Thomason, he's he is a bit of a marmite player, and but also, you know, at the start of the season, he was our best player, and and people were praising him. I think, I think you get this at a lot of clubs when they come through. And I know he hasn't come through the ranks per se, but when he's a young player coming in, um, you know, into the team, I think. A lot of people, and I found this with Kevin Nolan, a lot of people are quick to judge. Uh, when he's doing great, he's brilliant and he's one of our own. And when he's not, people are, are judge a bit more. And I think that's the same with Thomason. Yeah, he's he could, he's made one or two poor passes in the games he's played since he's come back. But uh, I think that's his game, is that he likes to get the ball and spray it out. And I, I liked... There were a couple of moments in the game where he's, he's tracking back and he's, he's getting in front of a def- the attacker and he's making tackles. So I think on that sense, he had a good game. But yeah, I think he's he's just a bit raw. And I think that's where people don't think he's had a good game is when he isn't perfect. And he's, he's probably not going to be perfect for another, you know, if he can stay fit, he might not be perfect until the start of next season. Back to what we saw 
at the start of this season. So I think, yeah, give him a chance. I'd probably myself would have gone with a, a possibly a steady seven uh, as a performance. I don't think he was he was amazing, but I don't think he was as bad as what other people are saying as well. But you know, I do like him, and I hope he can stay fit and and sort of make that place his own. No, I thought he had a good game. I think it was his type of game. In fairness, it that kind of midfield battle. The ball was was bouncing around. You needed to to be brave and, and stick your foot in. I could understand why he maybe took Josh Sheen out a little bit because Josh likes a bit more time and uh, maybe slightly more, um, sorry, slightly less physical of a player. I think were the defensive problems not to be so acute that MJ Williams probably would have taken that spot and it would have been MJ in the middle. But I, yeah. I thought selection wise the you know he, he got it spot on and and they, they were so close so close for that being a, a a pretty important win um i think sometimes you have to separate the performance from the result the performance at for example exeter and oxford wasn't wasn't fantastic it wasn't very coherent uh, cohesive rather um but this was much better and i think if they were to play like that with a bit more extra space at, at home and potentially a bigger crowd and such like, I think uh, they should get the results for your prophecy to come true, Henry. And uh, uh, one person who definitely enjoyed his night was, was Victor Adebayo, who, uh, of course, scored against his former club. A, a stunning goal, I think you'll agree. Oh, yeah, it was uh, it was up there with the Goodney Bergson, Boxing Day v Barnsley <laughs> Screamer in 1997. Um, but, uh, yeah... I, you know what I was thinking about it. I was right behind the goal, and and yeah, it was scruffy. But you know, he's anticipated it. You know, and he's just stuck his foot out, and he could have left it, or he could have uh, not not done that. And he's done that, and it's it's rolled in. So uh, yeah, he was always going to score, wasn't he? And uh, I mean, I couldn't tell at the time because when he got subbed, um, Bolton fans were were chanting. But um, you know, by all accounts, afterwards, apparently Burton gave him a good reception, which yeah. was nice to hear. They did, they did. In fact, actually, you'd be hard-pressed to find a person in the stadium that didn't come up and shake him by the hand afterwards. It was quite ridiculous. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was, a, it was a scruffy goal, but hey, you've got to be in there to win it. I, I thought the back heel from Bradley in the build-up was great as well. He had a good good yeah. night again, Connor. I mean, he's really... When Bolton really need him, he's coming to the fore at the moment, I think, uh, Connor Bradley. But well, I, I actually did speak to Victor after the game and talked about leaving Burton... And having been the main man there, scoring 13 goals for them before January and then making that big money move to Bolton, he's, he's joined up in a, a kind of a, a team of attackers and he's not necessarily the main man. So obviously you get, you've get you got to get your head around that a little bit and this is what you had to say about it. What's it been like going from like a club by here where you're the main man, the main striker, you know you're in every single week to being part of an attack? where there's obviously different skills and mm. a bit of rotation going on. Has it been a different thing to think about? Um, I mean, yeah, you could say that, but we're, we're, we're pushing for a common goal, which is to get promoted. And I feel like every player would want to be in, in that sort of situation. So yeah. as much as, yeah, being the main man and being the focal point, it, it is nice, but you want to achieve, you want to score goals to, to push the team in the right direction and, and get promoted. So as much as, yeah, I would, of course, love to be the main man here, but as well as that, I want to be part of a promotion team and part of a team that's succeeding. So mm. get that done first, and hopefully, in the coming 
in the years to come, I can I can show that I can be that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you've got a little bit of fortune there with the goal, but to do that in front of the Bolton fans, no that fortune. won't harm will it. <laughs> no fortune. No fortune. You've got to be in the right it, place, haven't you? I flicked, it, I flicked it on purpose. But <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you put yourself in the right position. Nine times out of ten, you, you get a chance, and it's just about about scoring. And of course, you get a bit of luck as well, but. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I know that with, with the quality that we have, I always sort of get a chance if I put myself in the right area. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm very happy to, 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 to be here and obviously be pushing up the right, right side of the table. And hopefully we can, we can keep pushing on and, and stay in that playoff position and, and, and mm. see what the playoff brings. What do you reckon, Henry? I mean, he's obviously joined now a group of attackers. He's there with Dion Charles, obviously... Bob Varson is injured now, but you've got uh, Lundalu, you've got Cameron Jerome, Shortire probably throws into that mix as well. He's he's not been relied upon for goals as Burton probably did, but he's he's, he's there for a reason. He's bringing a, a particular set of skills, to use Liam Neeson's quote. Yeah, I think he's... Uh, I, I don't know why on Tuesday, but it seemed like Burton were... were staying off him a bit you know when the yeah. ball was in the air they were allowing him to control and I thought his control was great um, you know taking it out of the air and um, you know I, I think what's what's good about him is I think there are times where he's kind of head down running with it maybe he could look up a bit more but um, you know I think he's got that strength to, to hold players off um, and I think he, he's an asset you know I don't think he's uh, to be honest, I, I mean, I'd love to love him to prove me wrong. I don't think he's necessarily going to be a striker for us who scores the the thirteen goals in half a season that we saw at Burton. But I think he's going to offer a lot more. Um, but I think with our strikers at the moment, yeah, you've obviously got Dion, who's Dion, and he's our goal scorer. But I think the strikers around him, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what Ian Everett does in the summer, depending on what league we're in. Because if you think now, we've probably got about six strikers, which is mm. probably too much. Um, you know, you probably put Kachunga in the same gotcha. sort of style as uh, as Charles, as the you know a smaller player who's a bit, um, you know, a bit of a nuisance, if you will, for the defenders. Then you've got Adibiejo uh, and Lundalu, Bodvarsson. Um, you know, you are kind of similar players. I know Lundalu isn't ours, so he'll probably he'd possibly leave. But also with him, I think he's had a good few weeks. He has. He's, he has. I know there's a few fans, uh, and obviously not uh, we're not mentioned Jerome as well. But I've seen a few fans have looked at Lundalu and thought, oh well, maybe we can see him coming in in the summer. But I mean, if he does, then you have got four strikers of the same ilk. <laughs> um. Which will, yeah, probably be a bit too much. I mean, what what do you think? Do you think we're going to have a bit of a clear out, a shake up with the strikers in the summer? Do you think he's he's because if you remember last year or last year, a year before, anyway, we we were looking at the strikers and think, well, we're suited in every other position. We need strikers in. Now yeah. we've got too many. Well, uh, and to to go back to Bruce Rioch's old uh, adage, you can never have too many strikers. Um, I think you've got to have options, and I think we're finding that now when the injuries are cutting in, that having these attacking options is worth its weight in gold. You just need that extra energy, especially the way Bolton play with this kind of high-pressing thing. You can't afford to be running people into the ground. And I can totally understand why Ever is is rotating his attacking options, making sure they're as, um, as fit and fresh as possible. And that'll be doubly the case. If Bolton was to get into the championship... Yes, there's probably a big decision to be made in terms of quality and what he feels he's going to work up there. I think 
I mean, there's, there's loads of stuff to discuss if, if that were to ever happen, but there could well be a, a bit of a style change if Bolton were to go up as well, because I'm not sure necessarily what they're doing right now would work in the championship unless they had a lot of money to spend. And we'll we'll discuss that if and, if and when it ever happens. But there are a lot of contracts up. I think he's got a little bit of room to shape things if Bolton do not go up this season. Um, I think Lundaloo, to go back to that point, is is definitely starting to show why they brought him in. And I, I've just got this funny feeling with him that he's going to be quite a key player in the next few games. Um, I think he's, he's due his moment and... Uh, I, I think he's he's had a couple of good performances now uh, in a row. He's starting to find his fitness again, which was always the problem, I think, when he came in from Cheltenham. He wasn't quite fit enough to do what he was being asked to do. So I think he's he's due it. And uh, and obviously, we've got Dion, um, who's now on 20 goals officially. No matter how you cho- chop it up, he's got 20 goals at club level. Um, and that's the first time since Michael Ricketts. We don't have to say that anymore, Henry. We don't know. We're knocking off. Since Football Ventures have come in, it was uh, having a striker who's got past 12 goals. We did yeah. that with Doyle and now Charles. And yeah, it's um, no, it's it's great. And Dion Charles is a, a good player. I think he's, I think, you know, he's he's not perfect. He will miss an opportunity. We know that with Dion. But uh, I think for him to, to score 20 goals, he's getting in the positions he needs to. Um, and he is, you know, I, I've not, you know, We've not seen Dion score that twenty-yard uh, screamer yet. I mean, many would argue that the the tackle against Fleetwood last year was <laughs> a, a screamer. But um, but I mean, what would you rather have? Someone who scores six screamers a season, or someone who scores twenty in the box? And uh, I, I know what I'd rather have. So uh, yeah, he's uh, I, I've, he's really in form at the right time, and. Um, you know, and, it, and it, that's what you need if you're going to be successful. You need a, a 20 goal a season strike, somebody who can dig you out a goal when you need, like you did on Saturday. Okie dokie, let's move things along on this podcast and a segment which is quite literally an anagram of Danish eel. It's headlines. <laughs> Uh, right, well, first this week, uh, forget Rico Santos, forget Dion Charles, forget anyone else. The, uh, with the transfer window has started, but it started in the backroom staff. Chris Markham was linked <laughs> with uh, Huddersfield job. Um, I mean, I, don't, I think I speak for all Bolton fans when we'd say we'd be gutted for him to leave. Um, is there anything in this or is it all rumours? Well, there's there's a couple of things here. So the reaction from Bolton's side has been very very abrupt and it's just basically nope nope uh i mean lots of words that i can't use basically um but i will say this is is that whether bolton like it or not if huddersfield have got him on a list of of potentials it's really nothing to do with them it doesn't mean he's going to take it up it just means that his talents are recognized so in in a sense, of course, the, the story stands. If if Huddersf- if if uh, I think Al Nixon did the story, didn't he? And uh, if if Huddersfield had got him on a list of uh, of shortlist a uh, shortlist of a potential director of football, there's nothing Bolton can do about that. Of course, they've just got to be uh, secure that Chris is secure in his job and he's he's happy to carry a lot carry on. So that seems to be the the mood that's coming out of Bolton that that 
he's enjoying himself that Bolton will be able to satisfy his ambition and, and obviously he's working well with Ian Evans. I think his results have been have been really good. Um but I do think it's it's something that Bolton are gonna to have to look at because they're doing things right. They're getting good press, they they are getting good results. And so both we've talked about Ian Everett in the past and the potential of him being courted elsewhere and looking clubs looking at him and what would happen next. Um but I think it's the same with Chris. I think him and a few of the people that he's he's put in behind the scenes in that analysis department that it's working well, it's looking good. And that's credit to Bolton. Uh, for assembling that. But I think this kind of thing is going to be something they're just going to have to get used to. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, you said there about the manager or the or Chris Markham or anyone else is that the the more the, the better Bolton play and the more results we had like against Plymouth at Wembley, being on the telly uh, earlier this season against Aston Villa, um, you know, getting good results in the league, being in the playoffs, all of this stuff just brings attention. And it can bring good attention, and it's nice that we are being talked about, and to, you know we're being um, in the conversations for promotion. But at the same time, it means that then people are going to come in and have a look at well, why are why are Bolton playing mm-hmm. so well? Why are they are being successful? How have they got from being third uh, bottom in League Two to suddenly now fifth top of League One? And they'll look at the the backroom staff. So. Yeah, you're right. It's, it's going to be a challenge. Hopefully, Chris Markham can stay. Because for me, I mean, I, I don't know that world. I don't know if there is another Chris Markham out there. I'm, I'm sure there's a, 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 a someone who's similar who we could maybe get. Um, but, uh, you know, I think he's been instrumental for what we do along with the manager. So I would I would be gutted if he left. I think the, one of the things that Football Ventures wanted to do, and it took them a while to do it properly, but originally their original plan was to assemble uh, a system above the manager that could stay in place regardless of whether the manager succeeded or failed or moved on or stayed so that kind of is there and you would like to think that it's not entirely contingent on what chris is doing that the uh, the data the 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 the, so- the software but the basically the the backup stuff all, all the all the um, all the numbers they're using or all, all the 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 theories they're using are going to remain in place if the the people stay in place. Now, we've seen with Bolton before that that can get ripped out of a club. When Sam Allardyce left, so did a lot of those backroom staff that had a lot of that information. All the stuff he was using on Prozone and all that kind of stuff got ripped out for a while and then kind of slowly but not entirely put back in. Um, And it didn't work. And obviously, Sammy Lee bore the brunt of that. Um, It would be horrendous to think that that could happen again so Bolton have obviously got to be you know prepared for that in the future and and, and that, that can't possibly be allowed to happen but it's big business it's big business now behind the scenes people the director of football the uh you know technical performance analysts whatever you want to describe them as these these uh, people who work with managers to assemble transfer policies and uh recruitment policies and everything you know everything get, the manager is no longer just the all-important final man who has the say he, because the the world is too big. It's just too big a job for that to happen. You'd end up limiting yourself. And so whether or not, um, you know, especially you've got to have the budget potentially for it, but Bolton's budget isn't massive. And that's probably why he's getting the attention he is because Bolton's budget is not massive at all. And they've done very well on it um, to assemble a team that's playing good football. So, 
Yeah, I think it is something they are going to have to contend with and probably legislate against because, let's face it, somewhere down the line, there may be an offer that either Chris or that Ian can't refuse. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's one of those. I think there's, football's never forever, as they say. No, exactly. And, uh, you know, you just need to, I think, for the likes of Chris Mark and whether Huddersfield is the, the right sort of club, I know they've just got a new new owner in who's ambitious but you know you've just got to look at there are other teams that are spending quite a lot of money you look at Wrexham Mm. Wrexham might you know they might look around and go uh, right we'll throw a load of money at him he can sign us Uh, we're not just going to throw money at players in League 2 he can sign us the right player and get us promoted so there are there are ambitious teams out there who possibly would uh, spend more money than Bolton as mad as that seems that Wrexham would do that but this is 2023, Mark, and if you've got a Disney Plus documentary, uh, then you've got all the money. <laughs> that's, uh, that's what Wanderers should be aiming at. We'll have to we'll have to pitch one of those, Henry. We can uh, we can be the narrators all the way through it. It'd be great. We can, yeah. Um, right, my next headline is a bit of good news on the injury front. Kieran Lee is back for Shrewsbury. Um, I'd I'll be honest. I love Kieran Lee. I'd rather this be one of the defenders, but it's it's good anyway. I, you, a team is better with Kieran Lee in it than without. My own thoughts is that, that that Bolton Wanderers are a better team when Kieran Lee's in it. Um, unfortunately, that cannot happen week in, week out. Uh, for, for Well, as, as Ian ever so succinctly put it, he's getting an old man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think he's always been willing to have a bit of a laugh with Kieran over that sort of thing, um, with his grand uh, castle and all that sort of stuff that he lives in. But... No, I mean, he's, he's very important. And at this time of the season, that kind of know-how is going to be invaluable in the big games. And I think whether it be Saturday, whether you put him straight back in, I don't know. But certainly the Accrington game, I think, is going to be a really needly one. And that'd be something that I'd be like saying to Kieran Lee, go in, take the sting out of it, you know, use all your wiles and, 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 and do a job for us. Um, these three home games have got to be managed meticulously. Um, because on all three occasions, I expect all three opponents to sit in, not not try and attack or not try and play any sort of open football, basically sit in and then hit Bolton on the break. And so you've got to be exact. You've got to have the game plan spot on. Um, it might be a, a patience thing. Um, and Kieran's that type of person. I think he'd be able to translate that across quite a young team. So I'm glad he's back. Uh, as you say, I wish he was a centre-half. Um, I wish we could be saying this about uh, about Rico or, or Owen Toll or something. But, hey, I mean, they've conceded one goal in however many games are. Four games, is it? Without mm. <laughs> without those two. They're not done badly, you have to say. And, and I, I cap off to MJ because I think he has done terrifically well. Yeah, actually, uh, MJ was probably my... I mean, looking at who MJ is, and he's not a defender, but I think he was my man of the match on uh, Tuesday, just because it was a difficult game. It, you, you know, they're obviously uh, they're a long ball team, long throw-ins. We found that out last year, and I thought he dealt with it quite well. So, uh, yeah, good old MJ. Maybe he's got a um, a new position. Yeah, you know? I, I will say though, I thought Burton did play some good football. I don't think they were uh, obviously they've got that direct. Uh, kind of aspect to them, but I thought there were a couple of players in there that uh, raised my eyebrows, and I thought, "Hey, you you, you can clearly play." Um, mm. A couple of little exchanges. I thought maybe at the end of the season, if there's a, a cheeky punt to be made, I might be looking at a couple of them. Maybe maybe that's a buff episode uh, for the uh, for the summer. Looking at the buffs transfer targets. Who knows? 
yeah, who knows? Um, it was nice to see that Burton uh, have ditched their time-wasting game that we saw early on in the season. Uh, yeah. Not as much. Doesn't happen as much when you go 1-0 down after five minutes. No, enough. not true. But I wish this their mascots as well, because I've been having nightmares about them uh, since <laughs> since they started. I don't know who did the faces on those mascots, like Pablo Picasso or something, but they are scary AF. Yeah, maybe we need to link it in with the sub-sponsor, Doggy Daycare. Maybe they could get a dog. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what happens with these things. Uh, I mean, I mean, as if Bolton have got any room to talk with tough sheets. Uh, let's be honest. So um, <laughs> that's true. Uh, this is this is going to be a running theme, I think. Let's find the funniest sponsors in League One. <laughs> um, well, hopefully, we won't be having to uh, find the funniest sponsors in League One for much longer. And if Dion Charles uh, carries on scoring, we might not have to. And he has backed himself this week to score in the Championship if we get there. And Mark. That is the best link I will do today. That's You did very well there. You took the ball in your chest, dropped it down onto the knee and then just sprayed a pass out to the right. No problem at all. Um, yeah, Dion. I mean, he's never short on confidence, is he? He's never short on confidence. He, he backs himself all the way and he's had to um, because it's not been an easy ride for him. He's, he's what is he, 27 now, Dion? And he's, you know, mm. first... Eight or nine years of his career, a lot of people have written him off. A lot of people have said he can do this, he can't do this, he can't do this. And and yet he's he's on fire at the moment and he's, his stock is as high now as it has been for um, his whole career. And you'd have to say, if, if Bolton were to get into the championship, which is still a possibility, that he would be worth a, a few bob uh, up there, I think. And I, I mean, I look at people like... I would look at Wigan, for example, and McGuinness has gone up there and done a job. I think he's a better player than McGuinness. Um, yeah. But, you know, he's gone up there and he's been relatively effective. He's scored scored a few goals. I think he could go and do that. And I think he's got he's got time and he's got uh, probably the attitude to improve his game further than that and to be more of a player than that. So I, I think... I think he could be a championship player, I think, if they were to go up there. He's, he's got a lot of scope to, to grow. Uh, but most importantly, I think he recognises that and that he's, he's kind of like trying to push himself and be the best version of himself, uh, which is good to see. And obviously, that 20 goals is massive. He's, he's done it before with Accrington. Now he's done it with Bolton. And so it's kind of move on to your next challenge, which is can I do it at a higher level? He's done it with Northern Ireland. He's scored some goals for Northern Ireland. Obviously, he's... Uh, people will say, "Oh, he's against San Marino, blah 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 blah," but you know he's he's there. He's in. He's now the number one striker for Northern Ireland. He's he's getting regular starts, so that's that kind of box ticked, and it, and slowly but surely he's turning into Bolton Wanderers international striker. Which, considering what Bolton paid for him, is uh, bloody good business. Yeah, exactly, and uh, you know, yeah, you know, he, I think. What's good for Dion is that throughout the season he's going to be um, having a, like a couple of weeks here and there where he's playing against top quality opposition. Mm. Um, so, so yeah, so it can only be beneficial for him, and he's good for his confidence. And I think we saw that, um, you know, against uh, against uh, Plymouth the week after he scored those goals, and he, he arguably should have scored again in the second game, but it was ruled out for VIR. But um, yeah, I think uh, you know Dion. Dion works so hard uh, in the game, and you know he he scores goals for us. He works hard. He doesn't give the defenders a minute's peace, um, 
And uh, and yeah, I think it's uh, for me. He's probably the first name on the team sheet at the moment. I know, and I actually I think when he was rested against Cambridge, we actually missed that up front, just mm. a bit of something different. So uh, yeah, long live King Charles, I say. <laughs> um, right, the next headline: Mbete is uh, out for the rest of the season. Um, so we've we've probably seen the last of him, unless we get to the playoff final, maybe. Um, and MJ called into the back three. I know we've just touched on it there, but um, do you think? I mean, it's all right at the moment, and Bolton doing are doing well. Do, do you think? Can we can we hold on with this? I mean, we've got three home games coming up where you'd expect Bolton to have most of the ball and most of the chances. But um, you know, is it? Can we get through the rest of the season like this, or do we need the defenders back as soon as possible? I think that Oxford win was worth its weight in gold. I think had they drawn that game, I don't think they would ever lose it necessarily, but you know, had they not won that game, then Ian Everett is looking at these three home games and thinking, crikey, you know, we've got to get results. We've got to start with a win on Saturday against Shrewsbury. And I think the, the pressure to push Santos or Toll or both into playing with an injury becomes much, much greater. I think... The, the fact, I mean, if they'd have won on Tuesday night, I would have said, Rico, go and take a week off, uh, you know, get yourself completely set uh, for the playoffs because that's when you're coming back, bud. Um, I think at the moment he's probably still thinking, well, we might need them last couple of games, uh, but the pressure isn't there at the moment. I think MJ's done a sterling job. Uh, Johnson continues to impress me just really you know he's playing out his skin at the minute he's really trying and and Gethin is just the, the you know Mr Consistent he does what he does and uh, I think it's working and to, to have conceded one goal in four games with those two missing is is terrific um, and and obviously there's going to be a different type of challenge now with these three home games Shrewsbury do have a lot of strength from set pieces. Uh, I do expect them to sit sit in and, and, and wait and play for those sort of things. So they're going to have to be resolute again, just like they were against Burton. But Mbete getting injured has been uh, refreshingly um, unimpactful, if you know what I mean. Uh, I think there were questions, obviously, about his form, whether or not he was worth a, t- a place in the team. Um, as a young defender... I mean, he actually got injured making the challenge that gave away the free kick, which is, is a horrible slice of luck when you think about it. Um, mm. I don't think he was as bad as some were making out. I think he had something about his game which I think could have progressed. Um, but under these kind of high-pressure circumstances, it was difficult for him, it's fair to say. So I think in a, in a, in a, in a weird way, it might have worked out for Bolton. And, and I hope it does. Um, they've always got the option to switch to a back four and, and to, to completely change things. But at the minute, you know, the fact that Ian Everett has managed to mould things and use MJ and, and stick with that system has really, really helped them. And, you know, it, it, it provides me with a lot of optimism now for these, these three games that they're going into it with a game plan established, you know, exactly what they're doing. They've just got to go and execute it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and the last headline is uh, a link to that. And it's, um, you know, the club have confirmed that they won't be recalling Adam Senior from, um, you know, from his time at Rexer, so Rexer at Halifax, uh, where he seems to be doing quite well. He does. He does. And, and fair play to, to Adam Senior because he works really, really hard and he's an extremely fit player. 
He's always been there for Bolton. He's always, I mean, he's done, he's basically done every single job in the camp. He's been kit man, he's been bottle washer, he's shifted carts, he's cleaned dressing rooms, he's done everything. He's been the absolute model young professional. And to see him now getting some success on the pitch, I, I think it would have been a travesty if Bolton were to call him back just to sit on the bench just because there may be an injury to a centre half. Um, I think it would have it would have been really really poor form. Um, if you know if the worst would come if if to get an injury on on Saturday, then yes, of course you, you utilise what you've got. But I think um, to to sort of interrupt what he's got going there at Halifax, I think they've got a cup final coming up as well. Um, you know it would be such a shame. And uh, you know he's out contract in the summer. Do I see him staying? Probably not. I think probably scenes has got his head around that as well. He he's looking elsewhere, but I think the the performances he's put in for Halifax this season will mean that he's going to have options in the summer, um, and I'm sure one of them will be Halifax as well. By the way, so um, you know, absolute legend in my eyes, and uh, uh, you know, I wish him I wish him all the best. I do. Yeah, I've been glad to see that he's been at Halifax for a, a good amount of time. You know, I know that the, like the loans to Atherton calls and stuff like that were were beneficial for him and Charlie, but. I think it was only like one month here and there. Mm. Um, so for him to now go to Halifax and have a, a good four or five months, I think it's been, or maybe longer, um, has been good. And it's a good level as well. I, you know, I, I, I slipped up saying Wrexham, but they played Wrexham the other week and beat them. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it's he's been... Yeah, I, I don't really watch much National League football, so I, I can't really say... Um, you know how much how well he has done, but if, you know he's 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 going there and playing regular football, and I think that's beneficial for him. I think all Bolton fans would love him to come back, play, you know, get into the team and play. But yeah, I think even he's realistic enough to know that Bolton are probably progressing at a, a faster rate than than what he he is at. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, is there a point in... I mean, I would love to see him have a new contract and, and try and do that, but is there much point for his side? Is it just, you know, because I think sometimes you need to move on. I mean, he may come back in the future, but you probably need to move on to to, to come back. Yeah, I think you've got, to, you've got to look after your own career, haven't you, and make sure you're playing games at that age. You, obviously, he's had a, a little brief taste of it at Bolton. He's always been there when Bolton have needed him. Um, but I think... I think it's probably time he looks and, and, and develops his career and, you know, it, it, regular games at Halifax um, have been great and I, I do hope he gets the opportunity. It'd be lovely to see Wrexham, uh, Wrexham pick him up, actually, and uh, for him to join, you know, the Rob Laintons and all that uh, for, for a bit of uh, bit of Bolton on uh, on the Disney Plus documentary with Deadpool and all that. It'd be nice. Mm. Um, right, OK, every week. We ask you to send us emails and, well, you do exactly what we say, really. Um, so I don't know about you, Emery. I might start asking for unmarked bills and checks or something. It'd be a <laughs> good, uh, good way of going things. Um, but in the meantime, over to you, Phil. Is that Philip Moresh? Emails, actually. Right, a couple of emails to read out. Uh, the first one is Danny Shittu. Um, we've kicked off something because there's a couple already been uh, been emailed into us. Um, a team of Danny Shittus, um, not literally, but the game Danny Shittu. You, uh, oh, I, I, 
if you don't know the rules, rewind a couple of episodes. That's that's the way to do it. But anyway, it's like the alphabet game. Carla sent us an alternative team. I did actually laugh a bit at the uh, the title of the email, but I'm not sure I can read it out on air. It's basically a riff on Danny Shitu. Um, he's created the worst team that he can manage. The worst team of mm. players using the rules of Danny Shitu. Um, and I will vouch for it. It's not great. So here goes. Um, in goal, Alan Boswell. And I'll just, re- I'll just read on. I'll just read on. Um, Alan Boswell, Lewis Buxton, Niall Meyer, Reese Wabara, Andy Kellett, Tom Walker, Rochinia, Andy Todd, Dean Moxie, Yannick Wildschut, Topio Badei. Say What well, say you, Henry? <laughs> uh, you can't argue with many of those. Um, I mean, a few of those have, have actually had half-decent careers, uh, maybe a bit harsh on Andy Todd and Niall Mayer and Yannick Wilshut, but yeah, I mean, Yannick Wilshut, apart from the first four games of that championship season, I would bet you definitely say he didn't kick on from that. Um, but yeah, other than that, I think you can't argue with some, uh, there's some duffers in there, Matt. There are some duffers indeed. If you have got um, a themed Danny Shitu team or just a Danny Shitu team, then please do send it in to us at the buff because I enjoy reading them. Um, by the way, uh, Carl does apologise for forcing Andy Todd, um, but oh, the only way he said the only way he could get uh, Dean Moxie in the team was to have somebody <laughs> with a D. So unfortunately, Andy Todd has taken one for the team, the, the Danny Shitu team. There, but there we go. I like how his uh, his whole purpose it seems for that was just to get <laughs> Dean Moxie in the team. It does seem that way. It does seem that way. He actually also in, on the email I've not copied it across, but um, on the email he did say he was captain as well. Um, okay. uh, captain of the uh yeah i can't i can't even say what the team he, what his team name was but it was good it was inventive anyway um do you want to know what hideyatoshi nakata is up to now i do actually he was someone who was i don't know i may i, I wish he'd have done better for bolton i was excited when we signed him he scored i think he scored against west brom and then didn't really do much else did he he was the japanese david beckham uh, a style mm. icon followed by dozens of Japanese journalists. When Nakata was in town, the Bolton press box was a great place to be. It was just amazing. Anybody who moved at the press box was asked about Nakata. There were some brilliant people. Uh, I met some fantastic people um, back then with the uh, the Japanese journos. Um, he was such big news back home. Um and and unfortunately, like you say, it didn't really go for him on the pitch particularly. But he just stopped playing after Bolton. Just, just like, I don't want to play football anymore. But we got an email. We got an email from Dean who says, uh, Dean, dear Mark and Henry, I love the pod. I work in the food and drink exporting business, dealing mainly with Pan Pacific countries. Well, I'm, I'm not going to get into geography, but Pan Pacific countries. Um, and the other day, I was dealing with an account which included new client from Japan. Um, imagine the joy I felt as a kid who used to have a season ticket at the Reebok Stadium when I realised the owner of the business I was dealing with was the one and only Hideyatoshi Nakata. Wow. Imagine that. Um, I won't go into too much detail. I don't think I'm allowed to. But after finishing football, he invested heavily in a sake sake and Japanese tea business, um, selling high-end products all around the world. And he also says, I often wonder why he didn't stay at Bolton longer because he was such a classy player. Um, do you fancy, I'd love to know how much this stuff is. I mean, high end. How, how much is a high end cup of tea? 
I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But I mean, yeah, he's he's basically selling brews and beer. Yeah, well, fair enough to him. He's. Uh... I, I mean, yeah, I don't know if he's doing well or not, but he seems to be. And it's it's nice he's going back to his his Bolton roots by using a, a company that is uh, that a Bolton fan works for. So that's uh, that's nice. It is. Bless him. I, I'll have to track down um, how much uh, a bottle of Hidetoshi Nakata Sake um, is worth, and then maybe we'll get one for the Christmas edition of the Buff, um, <laughs> or maybe maybe the Bruise. Maybe we should stick to the Bruise. Um, yeah, I think so. Well, I, I will tell this story. When um, when Chung Young Lee was here at Bolton, I used to do a column in the South Korean version of 442 magazine, um, just detailing what Chunky had been up to in the week. It was that it was that easy. Um, the phrase "money for old rope" does spring to mind, um, and every week uh, you get the the journalist from Japan on on the phone and talking through your column and making sure that you got the translations right and all that sort of thing. They were brilliant, really great to deal with, and I did it for about two years. And um, when they finished, uh, they when the company finished um, doing the magazine, uh, they they phoned up and said, uh, "We'd love to send you a gift." And I was like, oh, well, thank you very much. And said goodbye, etc. And nothing happened. Nothing happened. And I was, I thought, oh, well, they must have just forgotten or, you know, it's been intercepted or whatever. Anyway, about three months down the line, this battered parcel turned up on my doorstep. And it obviously had been shredded by customs like several times. I opened it up and it was uh, a load of uh, tea, like fresh tea. And it looked like something you should not be sending through the post um, with uh, like see, sort of like ceremonial teacups and, and like a, a, a little kettle type of thing. Um, but also a, a, a T-shirt, a football shirt um, signed by an ex-Middlesbrough player called Lee Dong-Gook, right? <laughs> and it was, it was extra large, but it, couldn't have, it wouldn't have fit over my arm, I swear to God. Uh-huh. Um, I can't, what were the team called that he played for? I can't even remember that now. But anyway, it was it was a beautiful shirt. It's a lovely, lovely piece of uh, lovely piece of kit. Um, but there is no way I could ever possibly have. But apparently, he used to read my column and, and really enjoyed my column. So uh, he sent over a signed shirt as well, which is lovely of him. Um, but yes, there's my that's that's the circles we used to move in, Henry. We were very big in Asia back in there. We we'd have a massive list, listenership in Asia if uh, if Bolton were in the Premier League right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right, that's enough Korean stories over and done with. Then uh, shall we check in on the Buff Fantasy League? Say no there, Henry. That's a, that's a shame. Yeah, you, you, you just you basically browbeating. You know what's coming up, don't you? Yeah, uh, I'm I'm on the beach. I'm looking forward to next season now, fancy wise. <laughs> there has been a change at the top. There, it's getting quite exciting. I think if you you know if if you are up there, it must be quite stress inducing. Um, very 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 tight up at the top in the Buff Fantasy League. Uh, no way, JJ Alfie Hinton's team's claimed top spot. He's got sixty six points this week, and he's nudged Regan Rushton's Ha Harland into second place there on 60. There's just one point between them. We've got a new team in there as well. Uh, Red Lorry, Yellow Lorry has moved into third. 
Um, he's owned by Matt I. And then teams from Lee McNeil, Lee Dearden, Kieran Russell and Jack Crossland are quite close by as well. Anybody could still win it. Um, but we do have to scroll a fair way down to find me and thee, Henry. Uh, although, actually, probably we're getting closer together as well. Um, I'm in 104th and you're in 192nd. Now, the, the excuse I'm going to make is that I've been very, very busy and I haven't really managed my team. What's yours? <laughs> um, I, at the start of the season, I aimed for the top 200. Uh, that's my top four. So, uh, I'm, 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 at least I'm keeping myself uh, occupied and excited before the end of the season. Yeah, you, you've got this kind of Gary Megson approach that, you know, as long as you get to 40 points, it's been a successful season. Yeah, I think so. So, I don't know, 2,000 points, that's my aim. And, uh, yeah, so we'll uh, we'll go for that. We've got a, an interesting end to the season, at least. Okay, dokie. Well, let's get back down to Wanderers. Two of the four remaining games, I think, will have been played by the time we next record the Buff podcast. So, let's have some predictions. Pass us me crystal ball. What's happening next week? Prediction time. Yeah, as I say, two massive games coming up at the University of Bolton Stadium this week. Saturday, Shrewsbury Town. Tuesday, Accrington Stanley. Two games where Bolton are going to have to roll their sleeves up. Something chronic, I would imagine. Um, uh, it, it, we used to play, can you guess the team? It's, it's getting a bit easy when there's only about 18 fit players. Um, but within the 18 fit players... Is there a particular team you think he'll go with? Do you think he'll make many changes and freshen things up again for Saturday at Shrew- against Shrewsbury? Um, well, the one change I thought of initially was to bring Declan John back in for Randall Williams. But according to the manager, uh, Randall Williams played his best game for us against Burton. So whether he'd want to not, you know, I think Ian Everett is very rare that he, he will then take a player out when he's had a really good game. So, um, so I, I think that's a question mark for me. I think the middle three at the back, unless he's he's not telling us that Santos or Toll is he's back, mm. will remain the same. Um, obviously, you know Bradley Trafford, Dion, you don't take out uh, in the midfield. I'd I'd probably I'd probably put Josh Dean back in for Thomason. To be honest, I'd have a Dempsey, uh, Morley, and um, and uh, Sheehan. Triumphant. Middle three, yeah, yeah, and then up front, I think again that's the question: Do you keep Adebayo in? He got his goal, and Lundblad's been playing well. I think we'll see a few changes up front actually in the next few games. You mm. think Dion will start against Accrington, but other than that, um, yeah, you 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 wonder how he's going to go. So uh, yeah, there's a few question marks. But I think on the whole, especially the spine, apart from that that other striker, I think will and uh, you know and, and Sheen coming back back in will remain the same. Yeah, Dion's got a decent record against Shrewsbury as well, hasn't he, I suppose. But uh, one thing I will uh, discuss with you, Henry, is, is, is these substitutions, the timing of the substitutions on Tuesday came under some uh, scrutiny from the supporters because Ian Everts likes swapping out both both players and uh, re-energising his attack. Um, some people have suggested maybe too many changes at once and it's disrupting the flow. It's I mean, it's hard to argue that it hasn't happened on a couple of occasions, but is it a case of maybe breaking that apart a little bit and, and not having it happen all at once, you think? 
Well, we are stuck to this that you can only make substitutions at three sure, separate yeah, course, yeah. places. So, uh, but I actually thought, you know, because he only made two subs, didn't he, on um, mm. on Tuesday? So I thought he he actually did that. I thought he looked he wanted to change it up front. Um, I think to bring Adebayo off was probably right. Whether to bring Charles off as well is is you know that's a, a different conversation. But I then thought that he he looked at it and, and didn't want to disrupt anymore. That's why he didn't bring anyone off. So it tends to be around sixty minutes. He he takes uh, someone off or two players off and freshens it up. So yeah, I, I don't know to be honest. I, I think subs are so. Um, if, he, if if it pays off, then it, he's a hero, and if it yeah. doesn't, then he's he's the worst manager ever. There's no middle ground with it, and I think for me, again, that Burton game was so it was just fine margins, and I think if if Jerome had come on and put that chance away, then suddenly the the substitutions were brilliant, and we're we're all happy. So I think it's just fine margins. I think he should have scored that as well, to be honest. I think it was an easier yeah. chance than Thomason's, really. But, yeah, I, I think also, going back to what I said earlier about the way the Bolton play, it's such high energy. You've got to make these changes. You've got to try and keep things um, keep things fresh. And Because this is also the time where opposition defenders are tiring and you're going to be able to hassle mistakes. And um, it's only when kind of the game changes negatively afterwards or, or doesn't change, as, as was in the case of the Burton one, uh, that, that fans can make that point. Um, hey, it is what it is. Nerves are everywhere at the moment. Uh, the pressures of, of promotion are definitely, um, or the pressures of playoffs rather, uh, are definitely there. But I did speak to Randall Williams, and he was discussing what the what the dressing rooms like at the moment at Wanderers. So compare the the dressing room then the mood in the dressing room from when you walked in to now is there is there more nervousness around or is there more kind of like camaraderie or, or competition no um i think the, the dressing room is pretty much the same as i said we're all um quite close there isn't really any there is of course competition everyone wants to play at the end of the day and i think that's good it drives each other um but when we're in the change room we're all great great friends so um there isn't really that nervousness that around the camp or anything. I think we go out and train well every day, so um, we'll, we'll, I think we'll be confident going into the games. It's kind of these people like us that complicate it, really, is it? And ultimately, you get out there and you do your job. It's it's as simple as that. Yeah, it's just you should get paid to do, don't you? Yeah, exactly. um, uh, it's, it's not it's not a hard thing to to really think about. Or for, from our end, we just got to go on the pitch and and win win games. It's, you're not going to win every game as, as shown on Tuesday um, but as I said if you if you play and fight the way we did I'm, I'm sure our next time we'll get that luck See Randall's a fairly chilled guy and uh, I think he's going to uh, well, I think he's going to keep his place I've got I've got a feeling I mean he's done press this week um, and like you say it it's it's unusual um, for uh, for Ian Everett to, to kind of praise a player like that and then just take him straight out. So I think um, potentially that might be a an interesting one at the weekend. Rundell versus uh, versus Shrewsbury as opposed to Declan. Um, but uh, it's nice to have the options. I wish they had him at centre half. Uh, what's the what's the minimum points haul you think now from from Shrewsbury and Accrington that would make you you know keep your blood pressure down? Um, well, I think it would probably be four points because if we beat Shrewsbury, then um, if we beat Shrewsbury and draw against Accrington, for example, 
uh, or the other way around. We will be at the very least the same points as Peterborough and one above Derby. So then you you think, well, it is in our in our own hands. Um, but I, yeah, I think you've got to be looking for six. I think in an ideal world, you would have enough points. Sorry, I'm just going to get the door as a top. You'd have enough points to uh, to go into that Bristol Rovers game where we don't need a win. You know, we can just go there and relax and have a draw. This is action-packed podcasting here, ladies and gentlemen. There's, how many how many locks have you got on your door? This is the, the crazy world of Henry Hewitt. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, that sound, I, it I, sounds I, like you've just un- unlocked about fifteen different locks. Do you, <laughs> do you live in Jodie Foster's panic room? Uh, I, I do. Well, I heard there was a Wigan fan on the street, so I put a few extra ones on. Uh, no, that's that's a lie. There's no Wigan fan on the street. There's not many on any street. Um, but uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a pack. It's my uh, father-in-law's birthday on Saturday, which for, uh, I, which means I'm not going to the Shrewsbury match. I mean, he could have could have planned that differently. Absolutely. Um, but uh, yeah, my my wife did say, "I know you're recording a podcast, but if you don't get that parcel." He's not got a present. So, uh, yeah, sorry, sorry, Buff fans, you have to listen to that. But I think my it's, own... it's pretty much as, as exciting as this episode has got, to be fair, Henry. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But, uh, yeah, back to the points. I think um, I, if we win our next three games, all at home, all against teams we should be beating, then we're, at the very least, we're two points above Peterborough, three above Derby with a better goal difference going into that last game. And, I think then it's it'll all be fine, unless ironically, unless Bristol Rovers have another last game of the season like they did last year and win seven nil against us, then uh, I think we'll be fine. So yeah, I mean, what about you? Are you are, are you similar thoughts to me? Are you thinking uh, differently? Well, obviously, Accrington is the game in hand. It's the one we've been talking about for absolutely ages. So I think it's important to get it kicked off with a win. I think Saturday is the big one because this has been the comfort blanket. The three games at home, there is a game in hand. All this is comfort blanket. If you kick off with a poor performance and a you know a draw or touch wood, it doesn't happen, a defeat, then all of a sudden that comfort blanket starts picking apart and the nerves will be like you never believe on Tuesday night, which is exactly what Accrington wants. So... Yeah. This really, this first one has got to be spot on against Shrewsbury. The, the, the mentality has got to be spot on. Get the job done. Then Accrington becomes a different game. Bolton can attack it differently. You don't know what might happen with Derby or with Peterborough at the weekend as well. They could slip up, drop points. All of a sudden, it becomes an absolute free hit for Bolton to just... They can get it sorted well beyond uh, Bristol uh, Rovers then if something were to happen with the other two teams. So... That, that's what they've got to do. They've, they've got to they've got to treat this like the Papa John's Trophy final. It's absolute game faces on the day. Get it done against Shrewsbury. Then worry if any worrying is necessary against Accrington. But I don't want to don't want to stir the pot too much. But I do think that Saturday is the most important game of the season so far, maybe ever. <laughs> uh, yeah, we. Um, yeah, I, I I think if you look at um, Accrington, for example. We know what they're like. We know that they will come and make it very difficult for Bolton. They'll try to. They'll break up play. They'll time waste. They'll players will go down injured um, and and whatnot. So I think, yeah, 
to go into that game knowing that we are uh, at the very least still sixth will be will be great for us and it will relax a bit and then you think well if it doesn't go right and we only get a point for example then at least we're still at the very least then we level with Peterborough and one above Derby with two to play um, and yeah you take it from there I think Fleetwood they're safe so you'd like to think that um, that, that should be fine we should get through that and win that Shrewsbury I've not, I'm not in great form, are they? I think they've only won one in no. ten. So, in theory, that should be fine. But I don't know. Steve Cottrell team. With Aaron Wilbraham in the back room staff as well, I think they'd fancy a win at Bolton. So, um, so yeah, get through. I said it last week, and I'll say it again. If we're in the playoffs come this time next week, we'll be fine. Two scorelines from you as by way of predictions. I think... Saturday will be, we'll just get over the line. I think that'll be a 2-1 and then Accrington, I think, will be 3-0. I'm going to go 2-0, 1-0, six points, jobs are good and happy days. There we go. That's that's what I'm going for. That's how optimistic I am. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm also going to name the goal scorers in my 2-0 against Shrewsbury, Dion Charles and Connor Bradley. There, there it is. I've had it now. Ah, Okay. Right, uh, that is all we have time for this week. Um, by this time next week, there will only be two games to go in the regular season. We will know exactly what we've had to do. There'll be all the permutations and equations will be laid out bare for you. There'll be no more. It'll be okay. It, I mean, it'll just be panic stations next week if if Bolton are not uh, are not in possession of at least four points from this weekend and uh, and Tuesday. Um, I, I shudder to think what that's going to be like, but we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. I'm, I mean, I uh, people will have seen the TikTok of me outside the uh, Oxford Stadium rubbing the rubbing the metallic uh, ox. Um, I didn't get to rub anything at Burton and didn't win, so there's a pattern there for me. I need to find something at the Uniball to rub. <laughs> Any suggestions, uh, Henry? Nat Lofthouse's foot. Nat, ah, perfect. I'm going to rub Nat's foot. I will take uh, video evidence of it, um, and that better that better work. Um, <laughs> if if on the off chance that I can't access Nat's foot, and you see me loitering around the stadium trying to rub things or rub people or whatever, don't don't <laughs> scream, don't uh, don't alert the authorities. It's just me being slightly superstitious and looking to claim another assist. Um, but uh, until that point, I've been, Mark, halfway up the Spirit of Sports statue, rubbing it, Isles. <laughs> and I've been Henry, stood at the bottom, ready to catch him, Hewitt. <laughs> and this has been the buff. You'd have no chance, mate. You'd be flat as a pancake. <laughs>